0: Welcome to US Rail Journeys Series 2. In this series I travel from LA to Chicago on the Southwest Chief, then from Chicago to New Orleans on both Amtrak's City of New Orleans train and a rail replacement bus. I then travel back from New Orleans to Los Angeles on the Sunset Limited. I also get to travel on the San Joaquin's, the Coast Starlight, and the Pacific Surfliner. In all, over 6,300 miles in 14 days. Episode 12, where I start my journey from New Orleans to Los Angeles. The Sunset Limited. Train number one in the Amtrak system. It's a beautiful bright morning. They say that the temperature today in New Orleans is going to reach 75 degrees Fahrenheit. Sadly, after only one day seeing the sights of the city, I'm now on my way. I'm at New Orleans Union Station, built, I believe, in 1954. So it's a relatively modern station. And I'm going to be taking the Sunset Limited, leaving here at nine o'clock in the morning. That's in about an hour's time. Let's hope that the Sunset Limited has better luck on its journey than we had on Monday. We have a train in the platform ready for us, so that's a good sign, because on Sunday night when we left Chicago, we didn't have a train in the platform.
1: Is that a A a wig you put on the (laughs)
0: top? No, 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 no. no. (laughs) It looks like a little fuzzy. That was someone making a comment about the furry cover on my (laughs) microphone. I'm on the platform here at New Orleans station. We have our twin locomotives up front, waiting to take train number one all the way from New Orleans to Los Angeles. Our scheduled departure time is 9 a.m. here, which is 7 a.m. in Los Angeles. And our scheduled arrival time is 5.35 Los Angeles time, which is Pacific time, on Friday morning, which will be 7.35 a.m. here. So it's 46 and a half hours. For the enthusiasts for these diesels, we've got locomotives 816 and 134. 134 is looking in wonderful, pristine, clean condition for our journey all the way across the very south of the USA. I think most of the passengers have now boarded. One or two of them taking one last breath of air before we set off on our journey. tracks train number one is leaving New Orleans station slowly passing under a whole set of road bridges as is usual we're going through the best area of town looks like a scrap yard over there A the scrapyard we see every time we travel on a train I'm not sure which side of the train is the better one to be sat on but at this moment I'm sitting on the side that is out of the sun Just passing the Amtrak servicing yards, a number of their locomotives waiting outside the sheds, carriages and sidings. And as you can hear, we're getting up a little bit of speed as we head out of town, but the cars on the highway next to us all appear to be overtaking us, so we can't be going that fast. The Sunset Limited will take us 1,995 miles from New Orleans, which is possibly America's most interesting city through the bayous of Louisiana, the huge heart of Texas, the storied west and beyond, along the southern borderland to the home of the Hollywood Western, Los Angeles. Whilst many transcontinental railway lines in the United States were built from east to west, the sunset had its beginnings in California, and the link we're travelling on was the second route, completed in 1883. A few years later, passengers could disembark in New Orleans and continue east by sea on railway-owned passenger steamers. I'm going to sit back, enjoy the sunlit marvels of colour and unobstructed splendour that I can see through the window of the observation car, and I will try and bring you a flavour of it as we travel along. The Sunset Limited is the descendant of the former Southern Pacific Railway's SP service, dating from 1894. The word limited in the name once differentiated trains that stopped at a limited number of stations along their routes, as opposed to the local trains that stopped at every station. Today, the Sunset Limited is the oldest named train that has had continuous operation. However, The sleeping car that I'm in is much newer than any that I've travelled on before. When the train started, and at several periods in its history, it was an all-pullman train consisting of only sleeping cars, and it went all the way to San Francisco. Through the years, it went from steam power and wooden cars to steel heavyweight cars to dieselisation and streamlining in the 1950s. The city that we're leaving now is a beautiful city and the French Quarter is the oldest and most famous section of the city. Today it looks much as it did in the 1700s and 1800s, with buildings crowding the edge of narrow pavements. The world's first cinema was established on Canal Street in 1896. The station that we left, the Union Passenger Terminal, originally opened in 1954, as I said earlier. It was used by 189,189 passengers for Amtrak in 2017. Having moved out of the city proper, we're now travelling through an area with lots of trees next to the track. The trees are in full leaf. Spring has come much earlier down here than it did in the north where I was a few days ago.
2: The cafe is open, you're more than welcome, come on down. The cafe is located downstairs of the sightseeing car. I have a good variety of drinks, sandwiches, snacks, candy. Uh, I also have alcohol beverages, beer, wine, cocktails, Bloody Marys. As I mentioned, the cafe is downstairs of the sightseeing car. The sightseeing cart is the cart that's full of windows, tables, and chairs. In the middle of that cart are some stairs. Take the stairs down and there's the cafe. I will be open throughout the day for the exceptions of my meal breaks and service stops. So, once again, the cafe is open. You're more than welcome to come on down. And the cafe is located downstairs of the sightseeing park. Thank you.
0: So, the cafe is just opened. Time for people to snatch a bit of breakfast, maybe. Or, as one of the staff suggested, a cold beer. I, of course, have to keep full concentration so that I can keep you up to date with our journey. The train is currently cautiously going over a junction where we meet another set of tracks. The horn sounding there as we go over a small crossing with a number of cars waiting for us. We're passing by and one of those other large freight trains that we keep coming across. This must be a big one. There are four locomotives on the front of it. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty eight, twenty nine, forty six. 47, 62, 63, 64, 105, 106, 107, 108. 112 cars long. We're now slowly climbing so that we can get over the river. There is a large bridge across the river. We're now a few miles out of the city. The Huey P. Long Bridge, named after the 1930s Louisiana state governor and senator, carries a two track railway at its center. It also has three lanes of US 90 on either side. The bridge opened in December 1935, a few months after Long's assassination. The total length of the bridge including the railway viaducts on either side, is some four and a half miles, and there is 153 feet of clearance above the navigable channels. And a very short distance behind the last freight train, we're passing another one, but this one only has two locomotives on the front, so it must be relatively short in comparison. The train's come to a stop at a signal, but I'm sat with some people here who are travelling to Houston in Texas, they tell me. So why are you taking the train?
2: We're taking the train for the experience mainly.
0: Have you travelled long distance by train before?
2: No, we have not, it's the first time, and we're loving it.
0: Well, we've only got mm, 30 minutes into the journey, but if you're loving it already, that's a good thing.
2: (laughs) Well, we actually took the train to New Orleans.
0: So from Houston to New Orleans, a few yeah. days in New Orleans, and then
2: traveling back to Houston on train as well. Yeah.
0: What made you think of using the train for this trip?
2: The experience. Yeah. Relaxing. It's very relaxing the train.
0: And you can get up and walk around.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Less stress. When I go, to stress. No stress on the train, as opposed to you know driving a car or being a plane and a plane. The stress of that. This is very relaxing.
0: What do you do for your living, or
2: I'm a business instructor.:
0: And what does that entail?
2: Teaching business classes at uh, Houston Community College.
0: Any particular speciality?
2: Business management.:
0: Do you find that your students are receptive?
2: Yes, they are. <laughs> I would hope so.
0: Do you live in Houston itself, or do you have a long journey when you get there?
2: No, we live in Houston in Houston yeah.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. We're now slowly passing an area of weed-covered water behind the trees that I can see lining the railway tracks. The leaves are those gorgeous greens that you get in spring. I'm told if I look carefully, I should see some alligators in the swampland. So I'm going to have my eyes peeled, my camera out, and see if I can catch something for you. Not literally. Literally. I'm with Patrick O'Brien, but he's admitted to me that he's not the author of the no, no. maturin Aubrey's series of Napoleonic war naval stories,
1: and Patrick tells me he's traveling the perimeter of the United States. Uh, yeah, I started uh, oh ten ten years ago, and I, as opportunity allows, I take an Amtrak segment, and my, my current segment is New Orleans to San Antonio. And which other segments have you done so far? Well, I've done uh, San Antonio to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to Seattle, Seattle to Chicago, Chicago to New Orleans. Do you have a favorite segment that you've done? or? Well, actually, one of my favorite segments is not on that perimeter, but it's uh, St. Louis to Kansas City along the Missouri River. That's really kind of interesting. You're getting off, you said, in San Antonio? San Antonio. And uh, your wife is picking you up there? Yeah, she's been doing the Texas Antiques Festival, which is, as you know, everything in Texas is bigger and better, and it's this huge, huge antiques festival uh, that just erupts into this small little Texas town called Round Top, Giant Affair. She's done with that. We're linking up, and then we're heading west to Marfa, Texas, M-A-R-F-A. It's this unique little town of cowboys and artists that live in peace among each other. Where is home? Home is Harbor Springs, Michigan, in the northern part of uh, Michigan. When will you be getting back home? Ah, no, that's a very good question.
0: Maybe May-ish. That sounds as though you might be retired,
1: or are you still working with a lot of flexibility? I'm working with flexibility. The real estate, you know, I I deal in industrial real estate, and uh, the Internet allows that uh, to be conducive to flex hours. Thank you very much for telling me about it. It It's a pleasure.
0: So on one side we've been passing swampland, lots of trees in some of the swamps, some of it's open waterway, and on the other side behind us, a refinery, but the countryside is green, flowers are starting to come out, particularly some of the weeds, and the sky is blue. It's a beautiful sunny day. As we pass along by trees that almost look stick-like, as though they've been blasted by a hurricane on one side, we pass a community, quite a few of them looking like trailers but some of the properties are now getting more solid, but all raised above the ground. Now I can understand that like a Queensland house in Australia, it may well be raised above the ground to let the air through. But I would be worried about things hiding down there. Maybe an alligator waiting the cemeteries that we're passing. All look to be poured concrete or similar. Making sure that nothing can dig into the graves. It's coming up to quarter past eleven and we've travelled 56 miles in the last two and a quarter hours to reach Shriva which is situated in Terribon parish near the offshore oil rigs that produce much of the oil and natural gas that comes from the U.S. coastlines. Of course, being big oil, there's a topic of debate between industry and environmentalists because of the threats to the watersheds and increased exposure to damage from hurricanes. If I was getting off in Shreve, I could visit nearby Munson's world-famous swamp tours. Who take visitors gliding through the black waters of the primitive bayous, slow moving bodies of water, the home to alligators, and tall cypress trees dripping in Spanish moss? Not many of their visitors come by train, as just over 1,800 passengers used the station in 2013. Shriva certainly looks to be somewhere a little bit bigger than the middle of nowhere, but a very quiet community. We're sat in the station now. Passengers getting on and off the train, if there are any today, and freight wagons on one side of us, though I think they're in a yard. After our very short stop, we're now travelling at a reasonable speed through verdant countryside. Swampland on both sides of the train. About a hundred yards to the right of us as we're travelling is a roadway on stilts above the swampland. We're currently going at nearly 70 miles an hour with the countryside passing us. A few lurches here and there, but in general pretty smooth. And the air conditioning as you may be able to hear in the background is on, keeping us nice and cool. We're going along through this beautiful area of swampy forest with the moss hanging from the trees. It is stunning. And every so often we cross yet another road showing that, of course, the car is king in this country. This podcast has been produced by the Mr T Podcast Studio. I thank the passengers and crew of Amtrak's train number one, the Sunset Limited, for making this podcast possible. Thank you for listening. Please join me again in two weeks.